Hey folks, it's Alex Blencar and I'm back at the kitchen table. Today what I wanted to do was talk to you guys about the first time buyer incentives available to first time buyers in Canada. So buying a home can absolutely be incredibly overwhelming. It can also be expensive, especially for first time buyers who are not able to capitalize on the sale of their past home. You've got your down payment, you've got your deposit, you've got your closing costs, and then you've got your monthly payment, which can actually sometimes be more expensive than rent. Luckily, the government of Canada has implemented some first-time buyer incentives that can help kind of alleviate the sting of purchasing your first home. So let's hop right into it. The first one would be land transfer tax. So land transfer tax is applicable on the sale of any real property in Canada, specifically when you purchase an interest in land in Ontario. Now land is defined as any building that is constructed, any building that is to be constructed or any fixtures or any land that is vacant. Now the reason I'm bringing this up is land transfer tax can actually be one of your most expensive closing costs. So for example, if you were to purchase a $400,000 home in the city of Peterborough, your land transfer tax would be $4,475. Now that goes up on a sliding scale. So let's say, for example, you purchased $450,000 house. Now you're looking at $5,475. A $500,000 house, $6,475. A $550,000 house, $7,475, and it goes up just like that. Now, the best part is that the government will actually give you a $4,000 rebate for being a first-time buyer. So that takes the sting of that $5,475 down to $1,475, which is definitely more doable, especially when you're on a restricted income and you're unable to capitalize on the equity from your previous sale. Now, in order to qualify for the rebate, you must be considered a first-time buyer. So what does the government consider a first-time buyer? Well, you must be a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident. You must be at least 18 years of age. You must live in the home within nine months of purchasing and you cannot have owned a home previously. And your spouse or common law could not have owned a home previously in the time that they were your spouse. So let's say you got married a year ago and they haven't owned a home during the time that they were your spouse or common law then you guys would both qualify for this $4,000 tax rebate. Now, the maximum rebate is $4,000. This would cover a purchase price of a home that was $368,333. Now, if your purchase price is above that, you would be responsible for the remaining land transfer tax. So the maximum rebate is $4,000. You can qualify for that $4,000 if you purchase a home over that amount, but any remainder transfer tax, you will have to pay for out of pocket. Number two, the tax credit. So this one is another tax advantage and it is a $750 rebate that the government will give you for being a first time buyer. 
Now the criteria for this one are a little bit similar. So you couldn't have lived in a home previously. You must have purchased a single family, semi-detached, mobile home or townhouse or condo. It has to be an existing or newly constructed home that's located in Canada. You must move into the home within one year of making the purchase and the home must be listed as your primary residence and registered under your name or your partner's name. And in order to apply for this rebate, all you have to do is enter the amount of $5,000 in your tax return on line 31270. Again, you'll fill in the amount of $5,000 and the CRA will do the rest. Come tax return time, you'll get a $750 rebate. So the next two are a little bit more complicated and don't really have to do with tax rebates per se. The first one is an RRSP withdrawal. So an RRSP stands for a Registered Retirement Savings Plan and this is a long-term investment account. What it allows you to do is shelter your investments from tax and allows you to save money on taxes. It also allows you to achieve something called tax arbitrage. This is profiting from the difference that arises from the way taxes are calculated in different scenarios. So let me give you a little bit of information on the RRSP for those of you that don't know about it. So for example, let's say you earn $70,000 of income at your job. So you make $70,000 of income. Now, Typically, at a job, your HST and your tax contributions will be direct, directly taken from your paycheck. So your paycheck will actually be minus your tax contribution. And if you are set up to make $70,000 of income, you'll be taxed and at a $70,000 of income level. And that amount will be taken off of your paycheck before it's given to you. Now, if you make contributions to your RRSP, you're actually taxed at a lower tax bracket. So, for example, you make $70,000 of income, but you give $10,000 in that tax year to your RRSP. You deposit in your RRSP. Now, instead of being taxed at that $70,000, you'll be taxed at $60,000 because $70,000 minus that $10,000 that you put into your RSP, you're now taxed at $60,000 instead of 70. However, your employer will still take the amount that you owe to the government if you were taxed at that $70,000 level of income. But you'll actually only pay $60,000 of tax. You'll actually only pay a tax amount that you would have to pay if you earn $60,000, not $70,000. So what that results in, come tax time, the government will actually give you some money back for contributing to your RRSP. They'll give you the difference of that $70,000 of tax level versus the $60,000 tax level. So the advice is always to contribute to your RRSP if you're in a higher level of income than you expect to be when you retire. Because you will take that money out from your RSP when you are retired, but that money will actually count towards your income. So in order to achieve this tax arbitrage, you need to expect to make a higher amount of money when you're contributing to your RSP than you'll make when you're retired.
Now, there are some contribution limits for the RRSP. You can't just throw as much money as you want in there and achieve this tax arbitrage. So the tax limits are currently, the, the amount of money you can put into your RRSP is currently 18% of your income or $27,830, whichever one is less. Typically, it's going to be 18% of your income unless you make, you know, 250 or $200,000 of income a year. The cool thing about your RRSP is that it actually stacks. So let's say, for example, you didn't use that full 18% and you didn't contribute the full amount for maybe three years. Maybe you did only 10% instead of that 18%. Well, that extra 8% that you had every year will stack on top of itself. So let's say, for example, you have $50,000 of room in your RRSP to contribute. You can actually take that $50,000 and put it right into your RRSP for that tax year, even though it's over the limit because you didn't contribute the full amount in the previous tax year. That's the benefit of having an RRSP. But again, like I mentioned, this is a long-term investment account. So there are penalties to withdraw that money from your RRSP before you retire because it's a retirement savings plan. It's for after you retire. Unless you are a first-time buyer. So the government actually introduced a benefit for the first-time buyers to withdraw from the RRSP. So if you are a first-time buyer, the government actually allows you to withdraw $35,000 tax-free, so you don't have to pay the penalty. Now, typically, if you were to withdraw $35,000 from your RSP, you'd have to pay 30% tax, which would result in paying $10,500. So that $35,000 would get down to $25,000 because you withdrawed it early. But since you are a first-time buyer, you don't have to worry about that tax penalty. Now, if you're married or you're common law, and you are purchasing a home together, the government actually allows you to stack that $35,000 and you're able to take out $35,000 each, resulting in $70,000 taken out of your RRSPs tax-free. Now, the money needs to be in your RRSP 90 days prior to withdrawal. So let's say, for example, you're planning to use this and you are taking the money out, you want to have that money in there. It has to be in there for at least 90 days before you take it out. And you have, if you have contribution room to, to, you have room to contribute to your RSP and you want to use this strategy in order to purchase your house, absolutely just make sure you contribute that full amount that you're hoping to use 90 days prior to the money coming out of that RSP. So there is a slight catch. In order to qualify, you must be a first-time buyer as described previously in the video. Um, and you have to actually give that money back. You have to start paying it back within two years of withdrawal. So let's say you purchased a home in 2023. You have to start paying that money back to your RSP in 2025. And it has to be paid back in full within 15 years of the withdrawal. So let's say, for example, you did take out the full $35,000. That $35,000 has to be back in the RRSP. So you have to pay it back within 15 years to avoid tax penalties.
Number four, the government will, will actually help you pay for your down payment. Let me explain. So the government will actually lend you money. The Canadian government will actually lend you money to help first time buyers with their down payment. They will lend 5% of the down payment to you, but in return, they will want a 5% equity share in your house. What does this mean? This means that they own 5% of your house because they gave you that 5% to help with your down payment. There are some good things and some bad things about this. Good thing, there is no interest in the loan. So you don't have to pay interest on the loan like you would when you're registering a mortgage for the house. Another good thing is that you only have to pay this back when you sell or within 25 years. So whichever one is shorter. So if you sell within five years, you have to pay it back in five years. If you stay in the same spot for 30 years, you'll have to pay it back in 25 years. You can also pay it back at any time. So this is a huge bonus. You don't have to wait until you sell or wait for 25 years. You can actually pay it back. If you get a lump sum of money and you want to get it off and, and take it off as a second mortgage, you can eliminate that second mortgage whenever you want. And again, it is registered as a second mortgage on the house. So how do you qualify for this? Well, there's a couple of things. So you'll need to have a household income of $120,000 or less. You'll have to have a total loan amount to purchase the home, which is your mortgage plus your incentive amount. So plus that 5%, it has to be less than four times your income. You also have to put less than 20% down when it's combined with the incentive amount. So that would be 15% down, or sorry, 14% down from you and 5% down from the government or 15% down and 5% and from the government. It has to be more than that 5%. So it doesn't allow you to buy a home with nothing down. You do still have to put down the minimum 5%. The government will give you that other 5% and that will provide you with 10% for your down payment but you can't do it with 0% down. So they won't just give you that 5% so you can meet the minimum requirement of 5% down. You do actually still have to have 5% for your down payment. And the incentive is registered as a second mortgage, like I said, and the reason that they implemented this was to help make the monthly payment cheaper. So as we've discussed previously, you know, the higher your down payment, the lower your mortgage amount is, and thus the lower your monthly payment. And for buyers, the home that they're paying for is their monthly payment. So this helps kind of lower that monthly payment. That's another bonus of using this plan. So let's talk now about repayment. So the repayment is based on the fair market value at the time of repayment. So let's say for example, you wanna pay it back when you sell, super easy. You sold it for 450, the fair market value is 450 of the, that's what the fair market value for the home is. Now, if you choose to repay it, ahead of time before you sell, you will need to pay for an evaluation. So they will come in and assess your home and what the fair market value is and you will have to pay it back based on that assessed value. Now the repayment must be paid back in full. There are no partial payments. So when you go to pay it back, you have to pay back the full amount. You can't set up a payment plan like you can with a mortgage. The maximum closing date has to be within six months from the incentives approval. So let's say you get it approved in January, you have to move in by July. So that is key. 
Otherwise, if you don't move in by July, you will have to resubmit your application. Now the repayment is a little bit complicated. As these, as these values have continued to go up and how the market has changed, the government implemented a new evaluation for repayment. So you'll have to pay the lesser amount of the fair market value minus the original value times 5% or the incentive amount times 8% times the number of years that you've lived in the property, whichever is less. So let me break it down for you with a quick example because that was a little bit confusing. I for one was confused when I read it. So here's a quick example. So let's say your home goes up in value. So the original home's value was $400,000. You bought it for $400,000. The incentive that they gave you to help with your down payment would be 5% of $400,000 or $20,000. So then you go to sell your home and you sell it for $480,000. So it actually went up $80,000 from the time that you purchased that home. So the shared equity amount would be $4,000. And this would be the lesser amount of the fair market value. So $480,000 minus $400,000 times 5%. That gives us $4,000. Or you would also have to calculate the incentive amount. So the incentive amount was $20,000 times 8% times the years that you lived in the home. That would come up to $8,000 in this scenario. So because the $4,000 is less than that $8,000. The shared equity amount is only $4,000. It's the lesser of the two. So the amount that you have to repay would be that $20,000 that you got plus the $4,000 from the shared equity amount. So that would be $24,000 that you would have to repay when you sold your home for $480,000. Now let's take that same scenario and now the house goes down. So the original home value you purchased for $400,000, the incentive amount, they give you 5%, which would be $20,000 again. Now you go and you sell it for $330,000. So you actually lost $70,000 and the shared equity amount in this case would be negative $3,500. This is because Again, you take the lesser amount of the fair market value minus the original home value times 5%, which gets us minus $3,500, or you take the incentive times 8% times the number of years, which is again $8,000, so that hasn't changed. You got the same incentive. You lived there for the same amount of time, so it's the same calculation. In this case, you get to take the lesser amount. So you get to use that minus $3,500 instead of using that $8,000 because your home actually went down in value. So the amount that you have to repay in this case would be $16,500 instead of, in the last case, $24,000. So this is you know, your $20,000 initial incentive minus that $3,500, which would be the shared equity amount. So you would only have to pay $16,500 back in this case. So you'd have to pay less than you did when you originally got the incentive, which is a bonus. But your home did go down in value by $70,000. So although you have to pay less back, you actually got less from selling your house. So the numbers are still, you're still technically really losing money. Now, this incentive has actually been extended 
with the housing crisis, the government actually announced that it will be extended to March 2025. So if you are hoping to purchase a home within the next three years, this incentive is available for the next three years. Alrighty guys, I hope you liked that video. I hope that kind of shed some light on the incentives that are available for first time buyers. And if you have any questions about any of these incentives, please feel free to reach out. And thank you very much for listening and for watching. I appreciate it. I'm Alex Blenkern. This is The Kitchen Table. Talk soon, guys. Take care.